welcome to the first podcast recording of Stop Being Boring. Stop Being Boring is a community in Bangalore that's trying to create an ecosystem or a space where people can learn and improve their soft skills. Right? Did I say it right? Yeah, perfect. All right. So my name is Moses Sampal, that's Devesh, that's our guest Snehal, and this is Anvesh. Uh, so uh, to give a brief context, so I met Snehal while I was doing my first improv, eight weeks of improv class with the ICB, done by Nazir and the team, right? Uh, Anvesh and Snehal are part of the core team there as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now... <laughs> So the energy that Snail brings into anything is insane. Like he has no inhibitions. Like that was the first thing that I saw. Uh, I think there was a first exercise of you're supposed to make some funny noises and the kind of things that he came up with uh, was insane. And that inspires the entire team, right? Like this suddenly the energy level goes up. And uh, that's the first introduction. And after that, like usually what happens is there's usually a downhill, right? Like because once you see a person at their peak, it's usually going down but with snail it was always up like the next time i see him like he's yes. doing something cooler and after that it's something oh, absolutely nice, nice, nice. something to learn from essentially right like so he is growing and when you're learning from someone who is growing it's uh, it's a concise version of their growth so you can grow faster Right. Thanks, I'm for saying exactly what I wanted you to say about me. <laughs> and, and paid me to. <laughs> I can pay more right now. Um, so, so the graph has always been go- growing up, and when we started this whole community to improve soft skills and uh, to bring in someone who is able to manage all these things, and Devesh has written a nice article about how. Uh, CEOs have soft skills, like they spend most of their time inculcating and growing their soft skills and how that helps them tackle the real capitalistic world, right, that they're part of, right? So, um, so Snehal is someone from whom we can get inspired and take a lot of learnings from, right? So that's the introduction to Snehal. Snehal, so tell us about your journey, right? Like, um, quickly undergrad and even a little bit before that and the inflection point from where you started getting more involved into improv and theater or yeah. inflections 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 yeah. inflections right fractals great, great question now i'll go on for two three hours that's what we want we'll be back yeah uh, it was um, yeah, I think uh, any, just like any normal childhood, going to school, uh, parents coming from a very humble background and then, you know, becoming officers in government and then bringing the kids up in the right. cities. Right. Uh, even though my parents grew up in the village, uh, you know, Where? we uh, in Merit. Okay. In okay. Uh, I grew up in the city. I mean, right. just like a lot of people in our generation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the focus was always on education. Focus was always on you have to be the topper in the class. Right. And uh, you have to excel. You know, that we are also working hard for your education. Mm-hmm. You should also, <laughs> you know, uh, grow even further. Right. Become mm-hmm. an IAS, do whatever and all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the focus, I was always among the top three. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, 
there were two three schools which i changed okay uh, one time each of them had a great experience uh, i think the first school i remember i was three class third okay uh, and i have only happy memories from there right. i remember <laughs> and i and i remember i used to be on stage assembly mein you know little kids uh-huh. you are uh, singing songs yeah. telling speech and all those things which i had no clue about but everyone made me remember so you don't things. really remember when was the first time you actually want like this is where i want to be like that never happened it's like you have don't even have awareness that you are just pushed on to stage and that you love it yeah and there was when at a very young age till the age of 8 mm. okay uh before that i was already actively put on stage actively put by my parents yeah. i think i would credit them for that be it any uh, dance in annual function uh-huh. be it saying the thought of the day in the mm. school assembly things like that but yeah go go and okay. face the public yeah. that was the thing and i think now i'm realizing that that has played a lot of role mm. Uh, I haven't consciously thought of it till now, <laughs> uh, but the fact that those things were put in naturally, uh, I think that invariably helps. Okay, absolutely. Sometimes, um, so yeah, I think that was a major factor. The second school was from fourth to ninth okay. class. Uh, I think uh, all I remember is bad memories. <laughs> I think that was a very, uh, very uh, bad experience in the sense that, and over time, uh, after getting in college, and then I realized. Keep that that experience yeah, was, okay. and uh, I think that was a very introvert phase. I mean, yeah, when okay. you know, when you are growing up in school, anyone bullies. I mean, some people respond, <laughs> uh, some people can't. Yeah. So I was in the second category. I Not just went well. silent. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I was silent for four five years mostly, even though I did go to some summer camps in some plays uh-huh. and all. But mostly I was like I would be in the top three four in the class rank wise. Otherwise, no one. You were invisible. Yeah. Otherwise, I was mostly invisible. At least for teachers. At least that's what I felt. You felt. Yeah. Never on stage. Never. Never in those five years in school. Anything. Uh-huh. Uh, because yeah, somehow I couldn't just adjust to a new environment. Like the first one was right from the beginning mm-hmm. of okay. your life. Uh-huh. That was the school. This one, there was already an established. Okay. Uh, set of set set of people in the school. Yeah, I just that. could not. So I think that was a very. Uh, this is also weird. So uh, around there, the first school was Muzaffarnagar. Second, this was in Saranpur. They're all neighboring cities in West UP. Okay. Uh, so then, in class ninth, uh, we all shifted to Meerut, and that was supposedly in that circle one of the biggest towns mm-hmm. in uh, cities with better schools, better coaching centers, etc. Uh, so and it was closer to Delhi also. So there was mm-hmm. an option of going to Delhi also for coaching mm-hmm. and these things. Uh, so yeah, I think my parents again. Did a great inflection point. Uh, so they made sure that they were in Meerut, even though my father was posted somewhere else. Uh-huh. He would. Uh, we chose to. We had some land in Meerut from long back. So they built a house there. Mm-hmm. The objective was to move closer to better opportunities. Mm-hmm. That was the objective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, my father. Then from nine to twelve, it was a very different phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like my parents were so determined. that we have to make our lives better <laughs> uh, so there was a vibe in the home that you know ninth class has arrived now you know now the sun is on path to success <laughs> now the dream of iit was sold and a properly uh, sold you know and better that is the limit and <laughs> sold by your parents or the teachers around that's how the everyone so everyone around yeah. and you know parents ki taraf se to tha since class 8 ki you know you have to be successful and it wasn't a scary thought 
because it was always like you can be successful uh-huh. because okay. you are already doing well doing good in studies and etc so just no pressure no pressure but just buckle up oh, okay. <laughs> and suddenly that expectation graph was like at its peak 9 to 12th because i changed school and in for 5 years i was introverted and everything so i think this was i took it as my chance to, to come out of the, to, to grow grow to do something right uh-huh. it, and this at that time i didn't think of it but now in retrospect i can see what happened uh, what was my the change in me at that time so it was suddenly like hey, now you have to go out and it's a new set of people absolutely so you can be anyone anyone and you can do anything it's so much that right? right and i think that helped that changed a lot and i think the energy coming from my home also you know then now it's time to study hard and everything that added to that desire to do something new and i think then from 9 to 12 i came out as a very extrovert person I you know that. okay yeah and uh, who would be like uh, the the best entertainer in the class you know in the <laughs> you would be the one saying jokes and everything and everyone would know about you all students would know about you all teachers would know about you <laughs> you will be sitting on the first row in the class so mm-hmm. i i sat in the first row in the class i was like i'll give answers to the questions something i haven't done for 5 years i do everything now everyone should know who i am you know that was the kind of uh, everyone should sabko pata hona chahiye mai mera kya hua tha peak valley peak sort of a situation yeah it was like a very boy moment very boy moment yaar ab ab mere mein aukat hai so that 9 to 12 i like killed it in school i first rank and uh, studying 10 hours a day 8 hours a day oh. ho, and speech competition ye lo i'll be there Stage. <laughs> yeah stage wherever stage opportunity i'll go all all i'm singing everything uh, singing me because i was not a good singer but i did try and <laughs> 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 okay, there was a stage there also <laughs> but i was put in the chorus very well deservedly i think you know no you just wo piche pe ho jaoge hai na thoda aise gaate rehna kar ka sunai nahi dega you won't be heard <laughs> stand in the chorus hmm. yeah but it was a good time i remember i was very motivated uh, because i was seeing the parents struggle also they were like we were living with uh, me and my brother and my mother we were living in meerut mm. uh, my father was posted uh, near kanpur uh-huh. so uh, but that was a small town hamirpur mm. it didn't have good schools at all so an idea hamirpur i think yeah that's an idea so so it was very clear that uh, so they started living separately Uh-huh. my father would live in amirpur and then he would come once in two weeks mm-hmm. and meet on the weekends and then go back and that happened throughout 9 to 12 and uh, yeah i think that was so that added to that motivation yeah, your parents are working so hard they're spending so much on your school fee and everything and if they are expecting it's a just expectation mm-hmm. it's a fair expectation so ha chalo let's so it was a good time i think 9 to 12 and in 11th i went to delhi for coaching i used to go from meerut to delhi for jee coaching so it's like a regular thing going come back or you used to stay in delhi like no no i it was twice a week coaching class in delhi uh-huh. so we were three or four students from meerut how far is the commute 3 hours one side so every day 6 hours no no not every day twice twice a week uh-huh. yeah 6 hours travel but again the reaction which was saying everyone around us used to give that reaction ki you are working so hard 
four years. Four years. Okay. Then, then my uh, postgrads was from uh, IMA. Immediately. Immediately. Okay. Okay. Immediately. Okay. 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 The usual. Okay. Usual. Okay. okay. I am a. So change that Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm stepping out of this interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's his past. Don't talk about the past. Don't judge the past. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah. After that, there were four five years trying different things. Right now, I'll tell. Right now, I'm. Uh, so um, you had a startup. In four or five years, tried a startup. Okay. Yeah, but it never really took off. All right. Before that, I realized I could never do startup. What was the idea? Uh, the idea was uh, so me and my friend, we were really close, close friends from State Place, and uh, we were very interested in agriculture. Okay. So the idea was to do something revolutionary in agriculture because there's right. so much, you know, in inefficiency right. in every state right. across the value chain. So the idea was that bring some intervention somewhere. Okay. Uh, but yeah, over time, I think uh, we both realized, and especially I, I realized that at that time I know about myself uh, that I can't do business. I mean, I have interest in agriculture, yes, but uh, being a founder of a startup, uh, all that I think didn't appeal much. Oh, business side was in I can't. Oh, now what did you do at IMA? Uh, study and clear courses <laughs> and do plays. <laughs> and then you come out and you think you can't run a business. I mean, you yeah. can have business skills. Okay, cool. Yeah. Next. So, so four or five years of fucking about. See, working in a business is a very different thing. <laughs> Running yeah. a business is a very different thing. Cool. So, that was amazing. All right. So, so, then four or five years of fucking around involved the startup waters. Uh, yeah, so after that, uh, okay, so we have totally jumped the college. Yeah, 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 yeah of course, course, of course, they'll come back later, 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 later. <laughs> now I just want to get to the <laughs> current state. Uh, so yeah, I did uh, try the startup and we, uh, we were both in an exploratory phase. I, I, I was in very exploratory phase. Uh, then I realized that I don't want to be a founder of a startup or something. I want to work, yes. Uh, but this thing I don't want to. Uh, bank balance sheet that didn't appeal to me. Okay, <laughs> we did everything. We did study everything in MBA. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it doesn't appeal to you. Mm. I mean, at that time it's you just theoretical. Yeah. Yeah. Theoretical. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, so, so if you don't mind, uh, so you were one of those persons who say I don't want to sit on campus placements. I want to try something else. That's the kind of statistics. And that was a cool thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, one or two odd people in the entire placement chart. So in our, uh, in our year, in 2014, uh, there was a scholarship which IMA campus launched that all those who want to try entrepreneurship or they have an idea, they can take a two-year uh, you know, period. Uh -huh. After which you will be allowed to sit in placements. Oh, wow. And for these two years, we will give you a very minimum sustaining uh, scholarship, uh, which is like a 30-40k per month. Uh, that's the scholarship we'll give you and you can try out your idea over the next two years. So it was a it was a good buffer. It, so was, a good it buffer. was a great opportunity. So you took that? Yeah, I took that. Okay. And I, uh, I think around 10 people from hmm. our batch. Uh, that's a big number actually. That's a big number. From our best, many people started. Because some some haven't continued obviously, but some actually have. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so okay. yeah, I took so that four or five years after that. <laughs> we'll come back, bro. So right now it's like a dual trajectory which I'm following career wise. One is I'm working in a startup incubator, CII Co. It is based out of I am Ahmedabad. And uh, they have teams in Bangalore, Jaipur, everywhere. Uh, 
so I work in the research team there in sector intelligence. I won't be deeper into that. Which sector? Just that. Uh, uh, any sector. So any emerging sector okay. in entrepreneurship and what is happening in those. Right. Uh, what kind of startups are coming? What kind of business models? Uh, funding patterns, whatever. Mm. Uh, so to study new sectors coming up, that's right. the objective. Right. Okay. Cool. And parallelly, uh, creatively, 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 artistically, you know, I'm asked to. Um, so there is the other side of life is uh, doing improv with improv comedy. Yo, plug in. I see Watch out. I see So yeah, uh, doing improv. Uh, trying to do different uh, things creatively, uh, different platforms, uh, like trying to learn playback, even though I'm not very regular at that yet. Uh, but yeah, playback is playback theater is one thing I really want to learn and grow in. Okay. Um, uh, clowning, I'm at a very initial stages of exploring clowning. Mm-hmm. I'm conducting a course next month, or oh, I don't know when it's going to release, but January 2020, <laughs> the course is starting. At least this bite you can release for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, clowning is one. Storytelling, uh, poetry, mm-hmm. I've done. But yeah, so this is the, I mean, being in Bangalore, which has a strong creative community, I mm-hmm. think uh, I'm just trying out exploring different art forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and improv being one of the mainstays now in which I'm regular. But others I really want to add on very quickly. A couple of questions on this, okay. So you're doing improv, you're interested in theater playback, uh, you're interested in a bunch of other things. How do you usually go about finding that so many different things are happening? What, what are the platforms you use? Do you, are you part of some community or the sites that you can recommend to people who are looking for things like that? Yes. I, I never follow websites or such. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Facebook, sometimes you get to see a lot of events. Mm-hmm. They just pop out on your uh, timeline. And I think a few of the workshops I've attended have been has been through that path. I just scrolling down and something I got and I was like, okay, this is interesting, and then I didn't happen. So that is one. And another is uh, let's say if I'm in an improv group, mm-hmm. there are people in the improv group and they are also doing different things. So mm-hmm. you get to know about okay. what each person is doing, what art forms are there, what events are happening, going into events. Uh, every week so much is happening in Bangalore. True. Even if you go into one out of 20 events, you'll be like, oh, this is good. Also, another thing, there are two things. There's events and there are workshops. Mm. Okay, like the eight-week improv thing that mm. these guys did was a workshop. Yeah. Where you, wherein you start at some point and reach to some point. But a lot of these events, they may be theater events or improv events or comedy events, whatever. They're shows. They're shows. Mm. Like you go there and instead of, say, watching a movie, you try it somewhere. Yeah, you're consuming again. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah is consuming again. So, I, we are uh, more asking from the perspective workshops. of workshops where you go in with an objective and uh, then you... Creation also. Yeah. Develop. Uh, there's a goal like you mm. perform at the end of it or create something of your own at the end of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think firstly, even shows are a way to explore. I think. Mm. Uh, let's say someone hasn't watched an improv show. Mm. If they go to watch an improv show, they'll, they'll get to know. Mm. I mean, apart from... Uh, See, if someone is going for the first time to watch improv, mm. he or she is taking a risk. They don't know what it is about. They have heard about it. So they are like, let's go and see. Like they are investing time and ticket price to go there. So that also shows that you are interested in knowing. That's also a way to mm. get to know more about things. Uh, going to workshops, I think it happens as a conscious choice, obviously, that you are ready to invest 
to learn something new mm. right and uh, i think different people have different uh, motivations to go to workshops that's what i observe some are very sure that they want to you know learn this particular art form or this particular skill because they have had interest in that uh, they have followed many people doing that and so on uh, another can be uh, you know ki okay let i just want to come out of my comfort zone you know jo bhi job chal raha hai ya startup chal raha i just want to come out of the comfort zone do something new i don't know what improv is uh, but i would like to try it right and i would like to throw myself into some situation mm-hmm. uncomfortable so that's a, like a challenging way to take this learning yeah uh, and yeah some are just to have fun so we call that just to have fun yeah it's an interesting thing to do on the weekend yeah right fun karenge hai na acting karne milega and they might not even try to learn a lot in the workshop but they will enjoy themselves uh, they would be like okay yeah it's good yeah they are he, he or she is a great performer yeah 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 okay it doesn't matter to them yeah. the performance side or you have to excel in that mm-hmm. they are just having fun with the learning they are learning new things every day having fun and just enjoying themselves performing etc so yeah, these three two three things i've seen um, motivations for workshops what, right? yeah, what can be motivations so what would you say amongst like what's the percentage split do you see don't know no really don't yeah. know. i think see let's say for something like clowning or improv which is a new art form it can actually be a mix mm-hmm. of all three mm-hmm. i don't know yet if i can give you data once there are registrations in our so how do you how do you price this you know like when when something is so intangible how do you price a workshop is there a framework for that i think there are two ways to look at it okay um if you are working if you are full time taking workshops mm-hmm. and if you are a full time artist mm-hmm. and that is the only source of earning for you mm-hmm. then you will look at it from different approach okay right if you already have earning sources huh. and you are doing this to improve your skills and just learn and just maybe following the passion just a full thing okay and a passion follow girl yes, sure <laughs> so then you would look at it very different okay right? so, uh I, so so you come in the second, second part second right? Right? so now how did you yeah. go about that i think for a new uh, i would say if it's a new art form let's say clowning mm. i will try to keep the price less okay uh, because i want more people to come in mm. so, um, but that also depends on what's my venue uh, what's no, the rent so what's the what's cost going to be for your workshop i don't know if i can talk about it <coughs> yet now yeah not sure okay yeah but i can give you a rough idea like any venue will have a rent yeah right <laughs> and that rent uh, uh, let's say for 2 hours you know, the rent can be 2000 yeah. rupees for a venue in bangalore yeah. can be lesser also uh, so the number of people coming in should cover that cost the fee should cover that cost uh, sometimes they have a 50 50 partnership that <laughs> whatever the revenue yeah. is the venue will take 50% or 30% whatever <laughs> so the other part should come to you so you have to look from these parameters i think mm-hmm. So okay, uh, if we have to use crude, dirty economics, <laughs> yes. we were talking about demand first, uh-huh. and now you have moved to the supply side. So okay. when you are on the demand side, you use Facebook, uh, mm. through word of mouth, etc. Is how you find workshops. Mm. Now when you are on the supply side, 
where do you advertise those workshops where do you mm. get but most uh, uh, people coming from you must have some form from filling where you found us and stuff like that right do you generally people have that yeah so where do you How see do you most your workshops yeah, most yeah. Uh, demand coming from yeah see i think for now because there's no community it's mostly in the close community whatsapp mm. facebook yeah. for sure mm. and putting it on the events websites mm. uh and yeah sometimes if you feel people are not coming then you can put on an ad on facebook but i personally don't think it works it has never worked yeah. no one has come to a workshop seeing the facebook ad uh, so yeah these are pretty much things and it also depends on how aggressively you are trying to market yeah. like at least me i am not doing it that aggressively i should i think mm. but not doing it that aggressively yeah, some team. people might do this way you need a team yeah ஒர்க்ஷாப் like do they hear from their friends do they find it on facebook or if you yeah, i hear everything i don't know the two three things i mentioned i hear everything they see it on facebook hmm. they uh, some friend they know some friend who does it already yeah uh, so that is the most common which we hear yeah exactly then some we have also heard ki we are just looking for interesting events in weekend we found this on the website yeah uh, some events hai wherever so wanted to try aise bhi log aa jate hain ki Yeah, I mean everything. I can't give a majority percentage really. I huh. Yeah, you know I get it. I get it. Yeah. So th- there is a fair share of people coming <laughs> from all these three sources. That makes sense. So you fall under. I'm assuming you are looking at this as a new art form, and you yourself are learning as well through this entire process of Correct. teaching, Correct. right? And you have a alternate source of income, mm. right? Yeah. So so then, what is the motivation here? This is where oh. artist things would come out. Sorry, so, artist category would all be again. I so have. So the motivation, I don't know. Yeah, it's very very deep. Jada, na this goes deep. What you want to do? Anyone who is doing it consistently, mm-hmm. anyone who is doing improv consistently, they are all highly motivated people. They are. Uh, I mean, they have that uh, chill, creative. Uh, zeal to do something new. Yeah. Keep on learning on a daily basis. Keep on exploring. Mm. Uh, these are the common things which I find everywhere in all people who are doing improv. Uh, and yeah, very open to change. Very open to learning. Mm. That is the common thing. And everyone loves to express in different ways. I mean, all improvisers they have their own yeah, ways of expressing. Some express. some express through body. Some express through words and puns, etc., etc. So yeah I think all of these combined is the motivation to find a I think firstly for to find a platform to express in in a fun way in an interesting way and secondly you learn a lot uh, on a daily basis after every workshop every show you learn more about yourself <laughs> about people so these are yeah so i want to ask you mm. see we are like you are internally motivated like throughout your life i can see this uh, this yeah. chul which you are speaking what is chul chul is uh, chul is 
like there is one each each to do something it's a hindi word slang is not hindi slang sanskrit no guys chul is a sanskrit word chula usse origin hua hai chula chulanti chulaswa by the way this is our south indian skills when we're sitting with fucking north indian good timing for this joke well planned well planned planned so and the people you see oh, sorry ki uh, they want to be like that but there are obstacles between that what are the obstacles so that you have never felt uh, so my question is so you what do you think with your empathy meter the obstacles are and why they're not able to cross so what is they they are the people who want to explore these things like art forms art forms okay express themselves but they are not able to express okay so like why they are not able to define their obstacles or like what is lacking like? they are very common obstacles in that in the first one thing yeah that you are very busy right mm-hmm. uh, you don't have you don't have actually have the bandwidth the mental or emotional bandwidth to give space to you for new thing mm-hmm. you are just sometimes i mean most people we are stuck in a, a pattern mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing it's like a it's like part of possible part of and it happens with everyone yeah right and some people are stuck more some people are stuck less and it depends uh, but it's not easy to come out of that thing that is one mm-hmm. uh, secondly you want to come out you have that desire uh, it, it's it boils down to desire also that you want to or not right sometimes uh, you don't want to try new thing hmm. yeah just happy with the status quo <laughs> it's okay it's your choice yeah sometimes you want to i'm not saying something is good or bad yeah. but it's individual yeah, yeah. yeah and for one person also it can happen in different phases correct correct right like i as a person i can be very demotivated for a few months or years and i can be very motivated in some other years of my life or some mm-hmm. other months or even days of a week Mm-hmm. right three days i would be feeling like doing improv three days i would like fuck it fuck improv i don't want to mm-hmm. it can happen with every person right so the, this is one thing desire is another mm-hmm. like busyness is one desire is another i think um, then there are logistical constraints also that uh, if you are trying oh, to do yeah. multiple things uh-huh. uh, you aren't able to give time significant time to one form you often co- have compromise between two three multiple things you are doing Um, so the desire is there time is also there but we're just juggling between multiple things i think that can also contribute to, to some extent you definitely would have uh, felt these obstacles all of these yeah yeah, of, yeah I, i mean some people find it huge for you they were not that big like you were able to conquer them in a way so how did you go about sort of you know jumping those jumping hurdles. jumping those hurdles i think for the biggest thing transition was desire Mm-hmm. to reach a point when i actually want to you mm-hmm. know uh, and what was the point so if there, there is some inflection point in someone there is and it will be for everyone i think um, for me it was in a one particular way that for many months or i think 2 3 years i had not done anything mm-hmm. expressive or creatively you know putting my body out voice out nothing like i was writing yes 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 i was writing um but there was a need for the body and the voice expressions awesome. to go out through that way because i had done a lot of plays in college so that thing was there but after that for 3 4 years i did not do anything of that mm. and there was like an itching need, need to you know do this sure. 
stage like i met him in the eight week uh, yeah first time we were in the same course same yeah. course yeah. the inaugural course by nasser and there i could see it's the first one to session it was not about learning so he was like he was that category i am just here for fun and enjoy the process he wants to just express yeah, yeah. the totally, category totally and then after that we could see his seriousness so mm. slowly he brought he contained himself not on stage but otherwise <laughs> in stage always used yeah, to yeah, raise yeah. the bar so high the energy and all i'm like we have to meet it we have no, to try no, no, it was all over the place <laughs> entropy and <laughs> entropy that's it hardcore thermodynamics you don't know where the scene is going what the other character is doing i'm just chill i just have to talk i will shout i want to shout that's it oh, that was amazing initially it was the case <laughs> find opportunity to shout or dance it's like <laughs> your favorite point is speaking in hindi and being a commentator no matter what <laughs> everywhere you set the stage on fire when the first time he yeah, yeah. was the a female commentator on stage accompanying a cricket commentator oh yes <laughs> i remember i remember it was a great scene dude rudra rudra he's like uh, he's talking about the match and suddenly he sees here why are you here uh, for the payment <laughs> <laughs> like okay a lot of stereotypes but he was amazing on that i, I think everyone was and uh, i mean we have done now so many shows and so many have have been, we have done so many bad shows yeah <laughs> pathetic scenes we have done the dinosaurs we have done scenes no one is laughing for 15 minutes and we seen ke baad we are always khana khane chalte and everyone like tujhe ye nahi karna chahiye tha tu ne aise kyu bola why did you say this we should have done this on stage and i mean we have done majority percentage has been bad scenes. bad scenes some good scenes we have rocked it really hard yeah right? some amazing scenes which <laughs> ah, i would some amazing scenes which have you know restored our uh, faith in what we do our our izzat <laughs> our self respect self esteem on on the 5 10% of scenes have been good right uh, they have you know but they saved have... our career <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god but lot of bad scenes yeah i think i agree to what you said initially it was about just expressing myself Hmm. I just I just want to express myself try new thing that's it and slowly it went yeah, to a stage that it, now yeah. I'm learning something now hmm. now I am less afraid of expressing myself um I know I can still express myself uh, for 3 4 years I wasn't once that thing came back uh, that confidence that ease comfort came back I can be on stage now I can be in front of people now now uh, let's learn more then the learning part came in We quickly talk about uh, what do you think are a skill set that can be transferable to the real world? You know, like how can you take skills from your improvs and your workshops, whatever, anything that you're attending on improving a soft skills side? How does that translate into a productive career-wise skill set? Okay. Do it first. Do you think that's correct? Is that a good hypothesis to have it's a good hypothesis okay. anything which you will learn eventually seeps down to the real world outside right. the yeah. way you interact i Correct. believe in that mm-hmm. um 
I think I believe soft skills. Uh, I I don't know what we mean by soft skills. Mm. I feel for me, soft skills is the ability to communicate uh, to the world. Yeah, that is soft skill, mm. right? And um, through through words, you know, through uh, language and words, because even dance is also a way to. Communicate, mm. but I don't think it's. I don't know. For me, it's not soft. Soft skills. <laughs> Technically, but I don't know. Through uh, words. Through words and language. I, I think that is soft skill. What people yeah, generally term as soft skills. Skill. Hey Google, define soft skill. According to Wikipedia, soft skills are a combination of people skills, social skills, communication skills, character or personality traits, attitudes, career attributes, social intelligence and emotional intelligence quotients, among others, that enable people to navigate their environment, work well with others, perform well and achieve. So I mean, it captured everyone. So whatever but the like entire <laughs> thing is helping you communicate better in your work environment. That's what they yeah, included, yeah. right? In society, in society, society. Yeah. You you communicate better in society. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that accent is though. That's a Latino accent. Mm, trying to that's American. <laughs> a Latino Spanish accent said in Dubai. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. Uh, I can. My soft skills are very happening. strong. Our soft skills are really strong, man. <laughs> we we can communicate in different languages. Yeah, it's an improv language <laughs> and inside jokes. Different, yeah. Carry on, man. Yeah. Carry on. So we were talking about the same question. Most we asked Google, like it fucking solved it for us. But your take on that? Yeah. You know, the most important thing: the ability to communicate with surroundings in. Any environment in society, mm. I think that is the ability to communicate. Yeah. What What do you think will give us most leverage? You know, like for someone who wants to start off. First question is what is leverage? Okay. And why do you want to leverage? That is the first question. <laughs> no, for someone, yeah, that's it. So, uh, like you correctly said, you know, people. One of the biggest obstacles is you're busy and you don't have bandwidth, right? So when you are in that mode, all you can do is probably half an hour, uh, a week. Itself, right? Then what do you do? So I wanna maximize my learning or whatever that I'm doing in half an hour. So how do I go about that? Okay, one more thing. <laughs> It's my habit to <laughs> make it clear. Uh, the kind of work which people are doing professionally, uh, that can be very different. You know, for some it can be a desk job. For some it can be a sales job or something which involves communicating a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, for them, it, to a certain extent, it will take care of itself. The nature of their work will take care of itself, this, irrespective of they are busy or not. Mm. Uh, for many people, uh, we have a desk job, uh, don't need to communicate much, just code on the laptop mm. or something like this. Uh, I think then it makes sense to go out of the way from uh, professionally mm. yeah. uh, to practice more right. of communicating, right. right, and to learn better to, how to be better at communicating. Mm. When you say leverage, I think leverage is to have a better ability to communicate, so that you can, you know, pass through several obstacles in society uh, to make your life easier. That is one leverage, okay. which I can okay, see. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it in the way that you know you would be termed as smarter if you are able to speak well. Right. Uh, I personally don't think that's a leverage, uh, but yeah, many people do consider it as a leverage. Yeah, right, so you come out as a better speaker. Yes. 
uh, that's a leverage over others because people value someone who is speaking good English. Yeah. Storytelling. Yeah, so that I mean, people can think that's a leverage. I think it's not. I think for me, it would be more about how to travel through mm. society and what people are doing in general. Have uh, being better at communicating helps you navigate those right. Uh, mm. logistical bureaucratic stuff if you can say that so here we are talking about ability to mm. go through right so here the environment also plays in a role right environment in the sense where they can practice this in controlled mm. settings and then they can push like right. it's like a scientific experiment right. kind of thing yeah. right so these workshops and events mm. they provide that safe space ah. safe space so all these workshops provide a safe space they are like a constrained environment it's kind of a lab where you can come and test and explore before applying it into the so you are the lab rat <laughs> you yeah, you, you, you <laughs> want to be a lab rat, lab rat and even the art form is also kind of a lab rat you want to expand with the art wow. form wow uh, you are you are you are exploring so much in all of those games <laughs> it's like you are trying new things now you are learning about yourself you want to be sure you want to be aware more aware of that before you know th that translates to the world outside so i think it's a workshops is a great controlled safe environment yeah so when you are putting uh, yourself in this controlled environment you have your learnings mm. so how do you like mm. note it down how do you channel it? okay so how to apply those learnings in real world mm. uh, like even you, you learnings which you have yeah, self there are many ways I, again i've seen uh, like how okay. i'm very lazy to write i don't write Okay, much. which is a surprise. I thought you write. Okay. I I don't write much. Okay. Uh, some I I try to feel. I uh -huh. try to absorb, uh, think about it, but I don't know how to express it through words. Uh, like uh, after many improv sessions, I was I I I was thinking like I I need to write so that I don't forget, but I don't know what to write. Okay. So I'll like be okay. Let it go. It let will, it go. Yeah, so for me, it's like let it go. I mean, if it has gone inside the system, it will come out in some way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. So I can't write theory of yes and. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. How writing will help me in that? For many people, it does. I'm not. I'm talking about myself. Okay. Writing won't help me in many cases. I need writing just to document so that I don't forget yeah. something. Uh, then I need to write. But so these are things are but, not important enough to write. Down. Like that's what I'm saying. So I will write what games I played today ah, in five okay. points, uh -huh. so that I don't forget the game. But what happens inside that game, I won't be able to write. Ah, okay. Right. So for memory, I will write uh, for record sake. Uh, but in general, what the learning was, I have never been able to write. It has. I've always trusted that it will go in somewhere, and it will come out automatically over time. But some people I've seen, and I need to learn this. Uh, many of our improvise, fellow improvisers, uh, people write everything, and they actually revisit it, discuss it, and they apply, try to apply it in the coming shows or workshops, mm -hmm. uh, which really helps them yeah. escalate and improve. I personally haven't been able to do that. Okay. Oh, although I have seen change in me, mm -hmm. the way I perform, uh, I could have been more diligent in revisiting okay. my learnings, uh, but I chose to be just. Uh, trust yourself trust myself and not pushing myself too hard so that i don't kill the fun of it ah, uh, so let it be uh, let's uh, I, I it's a great question i mean i'm thinking a lot about how i have learned in improv for me it has more been like uh, go and do mistakes and then you will learn mm -hmm. uh, that kind of an approach 
uh, I haven't really tried to fix a lot of things. So it's never you have to excel on stage. Uh, is there there, there is a desire, there's but a, it's not uh, that motivating a desire. Uh-huh. You have to be the best on stage or things like that. It's not like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's more like uh, um, I want to do more. Yes, I want to do good stuff good on stuff. stage. I don't know what, where that benchmark is. Uh-huh. I think probably that's a conscious way of me stopping myself from get into that excellence and competition mode. Mm-hmm. I've spent my entire college and school in competitive mode. in uh, trying to be excellent and the best. Uh, I want to move away from that. I want to keep my performances and creative side away from that competition mm-hmm. and uh, the benchmark of best. I think that's a conscious choice. But it does sometimes come on stage. It does come on. I mean, I want to learn more, yes. yeah. uh, be better. Uh, but there is no uh, race against time, or there is no uh, strong ambition right now. It should be. I think. I, I think I should have some goals in mind. Okay. Just, I think one last uh, thing we will discuss. Uh, now, in your own personal experience, or if you look people around you, because you've been doing uh, trying different stuff for uh, some time now, right? Do you ever ever feel in your professional life that uh, because I did improv or because I tried theater, uh, I have become better? Uh, you know, I am in a better position to deal with this situation because of these things. Say, yeah. Or totally. do you meet people frequently at your workplaces? Uh, by looking at them or while talking to them, you think that you know what he or she won't do that. But if they come to improv, it will help them yeah. uh, grow in their like in the workspace and in terms of their personality also. Yeah. Yeah. So just give tell us something about that. So I can't pinpoint pinpoint an exact situation where mm. soft skills help me. I believe uh, if I practice more and be regular in workshops and shows, it automatically comes into my system mm. and it reflects over time. Yeah. The change, the betterment reflects over time. I don't want to quantify it, uh, and I, I mean I can see that change over time. I don't yeah. want to go into an uh, mm. Key cause and effect relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did this, hence this happened. No, I don't want to go into that. It will happen. Uh, and I have seen that happen. I think any uh, art form, uh, it helps me explore myself. It helps everyone explore themselves, know more about themselves. And that uh, translates slowly into the way you see the world, the way uh, you perceive things around you. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, uh, that changes the way you communicate. True. It's, you know, it's such an organic process, correct. you can say. Yeah. Which so it comes more with practice and more regularity, but it is organic. That is what I believe in. So this also could be an obstacle for people who are trying to do different things. This is an obstacle for people who want quick solution. Uh, if they are habitual of cause and effect, like ah, we get many people in our workshops who like specifically like, ask, uh, "Is game say me? Who can benefit from Exactly. Uh-huh. I personally have never been able to explain that. I, 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 I'm I like, I don't know. Trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. It's actually, actually one of yeah. the roots. Yes. Yeah. Trust the process only. Then you know you will. You can't see yourself improving as an. As a spectator, mm. that is what I think. And also, mm. at that point. moment, it will happen. You have to be in that moment. Second point, because you also conduct a lot of workshops, you meet a lot of people, yeah. you see how that has changed 
this workshop experience has changed mm. and made them grow. Correct. So when I asked you, I see many people, people at work. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So what do you generally see? What are the traits that you see that you think that if this person comes for a theatre workshop or comes for a mm. improv workshop or whatever else other yeah, things yeah. you do, yeah. how it would help them, uh, you know, yeah. solve their, this uh, problem that they're facing? I think the one thing which I see, and mm. I don't know if it's a benefit or profit. You can't quantify that benefit. Mm. Is that there is a lot of churning inside. Mm. Uh, everyone is made to think and feel more, right? Yes. And uh, it's like it's like a uh, uncertain, chaotic zone you throw the participants into. Yeah. Uh, I believe that churning, that chaos inside, uh, when one is not aware of what is happening, but you are suddenly feeling new feelings. Like you go in a three-hour workshop, you mm. do so many scenes, you have gone through so many feelings which yeah. you don't go average on an mm. average basis. It has done something to you. And you have thought so much different things. It also does something to the way you think. And you are not aware of it. So much is happening in a condensed three hour period. Uh, you are not aware of it. And that churning, uh, that chaos then leads to some resolutions, some catharsis over time, I think. Yeah. Uh, that I have seen. And for every person, it's different. Mm. Absolutely. Some people just get hooked on to improv. They attend one workshop and they are like, I want to come to the next one. Even if I am an audience, I want to just be there. Because... It has done something to me yeah. and now I am hooked to it. You are chasing the high. You are chasing the high, you are chasing the unknown, you are chasing the thrill. Uh, I think that I have seen a lot. Uh, but yes, some people have also shared with me that uh, they enjoyed a lot and they have learnt yes and and they are trying to apply it in general in real life. They have observed that they were no butting a lot mm. uh, to people around themselves. And I think this is a major shift uh, in communicating with the society around you. <laughs> Yeah, shifting from no but to yes and it it it's, it won't happen overnight. It happens over months and years. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. I am shifting. But it's a big right flip. now. It's a big flip. It's a huge flip, and it does so much to you. Absolutely. Uh, within it changes so much within oneself. I think that I have seen in mm-hmm. my capacity. Like even clowning, whatever limited uh, uh, workshops I have taken in clowning, it has uh, brought out hidden things from inside people. Everyone has shared like, I never thought I will dance like that or do like that or I will be this kind of a clown. I never thought. And just the very discovery, that discovery itself is uh, a huge change I in the way people perceive. I can yeah. vouch for it completely. Yeah. Again, I don't know how to quantify it as a change uh-huh. in communication. Yeah, that's so true. We are we so just discussing trends. Yeah. I mean, but but that discovery does something to the way I perceive myself and others. So how we... Also, there's an internal motivation to quantify everything. It's because of the pressure we It's because we are engineers. Engineers. Maths mandate lagte the na, to wo aayega hi na. English me maths ki tarah padta tha main. Sabhi to kare and quantify. Prepare English, prepare literature as if you are studying maths. Yeah. You will get 90 marks, but you don't know shit about literature. Exactly. But you will become first in class. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I learned 30 great words before every English exam. I would put them anywhere. 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 And full marks in the answers. And everyone was like, such a great vocabulary this person has. <laughs> Fuck, man. Awesome. And there were people who were actually genuine readers. But they won't get marks in English. They won't get 70, 75 because they didn't know how to crack the exam. Be selfish people. I, I, I was one of those selfish people who would score highest in English. But don't know how to read, don't know any novel. Chetan Bhagat is the best. <laughs> in school. 
If you look at the lifeline of Snehil, so in the past he has been, you know, you which eight crucial years, by the way. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I want to go back there, but no, 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 no I'm not sure. Another podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, uh, very studious guy, but also excelled always in the soft skills part as well. You know, like dance, uh, theater, and stuff. Being on the stage, essentially. Perform. Then IIT Delhi, IMA. Then now he's working as a sector research analyst for uh, the incubator funded by IMA, right? And uh, apart from that, on the other side, so he does uh, improv, theater playback, and clowning, right. and his workshop is. His workshop trying to in, learn, trying to learn playback. Yeah. And his workshop is in Jan, like in a month's time. Um, then we talked about uh, what makes people motivated enough to go for workshops. Then we kind of talked about a framework for pricing workshop. Then we talked about how do you promote a workshop. Then we talked a little bit about how do you remove these obstacles that people are facing uh, with respect to improving their soft skills and how do you Come out, come over that, right? So we talked about that. Then da, 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 we kind of tried to not tried to. We used Google to define soft skills. <laughs> fourteen <laughs> some fourteen fucking factors are there within yeah, yeah. soft skill. But okay, so this is the important point. Huh? This is what I think kind of summarizes this entire podcast. So any art form makes one understand themselves that will eventually have a positive externality in their professional or real career right not sure of positive some externality some externality right which oh. might go into positive might not yes yeah. cool uh, i think it's all so, right so how that happens is i learned the word chul right so which is the chaos or the churn that happens within chul. you when you start Kira. going for all this workshop <laughs> <laughs> so the process is you go for workshop, this uh, chul happens and then catharsis, right? Gradual process of catharsis. Yes. Alright, thanks a lot Snehal. Uh, thanks a lot for making me think so much. Yes. <laughs> we'll keep Thank talking. You. Thank you so much Snehal.